Bangor Worldwide has been promoting and supporting World Mission for over 85 years. Our podcasts are free of charge. You can find out more about us at www.worldwidemission.org. We hope you enjoy this talk. This is a brief introduction to Musalaha. She's my roommate. <laughs> I love her. She always came and visited me. Uh, okay, so wait, let's stop and so just start from the beginning, like how you met Riti. Oh, okay. 2000, I met her. Uh, she, uh, her name is Riti. Catherine and, uh, and I went on a trip with Musalaha ladies, and we were roommates. And we are enemies, you know? They are Jews and we are Palestinian. But we enjoyed that we enjoyed for the, for the time, that situation. After 16 years, when I got sick, they found it's very serious things, it's sarcoma cancer. I understood that she was sick, and I understood that she was in Israel. My family can't come to the hospital because there is no permission for them to come. And the thought that she was sitting at the hospital all by herself broke my heart. So I began to visit her again. And she brings very delicious auga <laughs> with her and start to cry in the hospital, pray with me. We became friends. We, we really enjoy each other. We, there's, a, there's a real love between the two of us. In my mind, I never imagined this will happen. Palestinian and Jew, but it's happened, you know, through, through this, through love. Yeah. The Musalaha is a faith-based organization to promote reconciliation first among the Israeli and Palestinian that have common faith in Jesus, but also to the larger community between Christians, Muslims, and Jews. Our mission is to bring the ethics, the principles of the kingdom of God into the context of our conflict. Tonight there is outrage. The human toll is steadily rising. The conflict is one, if not the most current, common issue in the world press. The UN Security Council today called for an end to the fighting. There's so much hate everywhere. Destroy the Hamas. War can happen any minute. Mass militants have fired nearly 700 rockets. Israeli tanks are awaiting orders to invade. It's a mess. Every few years we are getting into wars and it never ends. Masalaha is an organization that believes in people. We need to love people for who they are, and we believe that people can change. You have to build the relationships and trust. It needs commitment, it needs time. We identify six stages of reconciliation. It doesn't start from stage one to stage six. Stages actually rotate. So when first time fail, it doesn't mean it's the end. You have to try it again. 
We have groups that meet. We have trainings that we do. We do outreaches together. The desert is one of the biggest programs that we have. The desert is a place where people are listening to each other. They learn to trust each other. To really speak honestly and start to open our hearts to each other. My job at Musalaha is to organize the women's activities. I was happy to see how quickly we became friendly with each other, laughing together, dancing together, singing together. I like Musalaha group because I think it is very important. These women, they live in East Jerusalem and they never met Israelis. They never met us. All they met is the soldiers in the checkpoints. And for us, soldiers at the checkpoints are our children. It's a completely different world. Once a year, we do an annual trip. We want to enable kids to have this memory where they just remember themselves playing with Israeli kids or Palestinian kids. It's very important that the kids will not have uh, stereotypes when they're older because when you're older, it's a lot harder to change your mind. And when you're younger, it's easier to see the other side. Before the camps, I didn't know anything about Palestinians. And the camps made me more compassionate towards Palestinian and my military service. My daughter came out changed. We're actually building a new generation to believe in peace. So you can imagine that um, there's quite a few uh, obstacles. The challenges come because many, many people, especially the Palestinians, when you talk about reconciliation, you think you're normalizing or you think you're giving your rights for so many things that happened to the Palestinians for the sake of reconciliation. Another side Israeli perceive us as a threat Jews want security, and there is more than anything else fear. I think we've been given an amazing opportunity to really walk out our faith in a unique way, and that's something that gives me hope. You must keep on dreaming, because otherwise what? So we'll now stay and start counting the time to the next war? like gambling, it will be this summer, no, next summer. What's better, to count the time to the next war or to dream? The stakes are very, very high. Human life is at stake. I'm going to live in hope. I'm going to live in love. That evil won't win, but that love will. We can live together. We can love each other. We can make peace together. In the end of the day, Jews and Palestinians are going to live with each other. The question, how we're going to live with each other, in which way, and how long and how many people are going to die and pay the price until we learn that lesson. Good evening to you. I'm really, Lisa and I are really enjoying your hospitality and enjoying your weather. We're coming from 35 degrees, so it is a good break for us. We would like to change some of your rain with our heat. But tonight I'm going to speak about something very important for us, for Lisa and myself. But in order to introduce to you the Ministry of Reconciliation, 
Musalaha, we have to talk about ourselves, how all came about. And it's come about through people, and people are taking decisions for Christ. As a Palestinian Christian family lived in the land, we are coming from mixed ethnic backgrounds through the history of the land. Jewish, Arab, Samaritan, Phoenician, Greek, Roman, all that went through the land molded and affected, especially as we see ourselves going back to the times of Pentecost when the church emerged. So we see ourselves as a fifth gospel in the land of the Father, the prophets, in the land where Jesus born, walked on the hills of Galilee, taught and healed, walked from Jericho to Jerusalem in order to be crucified in our sake, and the tomb is empty. And we have chosen to live in those sacred sites in order to have universal testimony that truly, truly all the things that we read in the New Testament, it's happened. My family coming from the city of Flida. city of Flida is famous where Peter healed Ananias. Uh, and also it is the city of St. George. St. George is a patron of England. My grand-grandfather with another family built the, the church above the tomb of St. George. And many times when I visit my father-in-law in England, I ask for him for rent, you know, to pay for that. So, so we are so rooted in the land, seeing ourselves as a testimony for Jesus, but also being affected by the conflicts around us. In 1948, the city of Lida has been conquered by the Israeli army. Major massacre has been committed in the city, part of Plan D, in order to have maximum land and little as, as possible Palestinian. The people have been driven out of their home. When the army came and told my father that he has to leave his house, he and another 200 Christians found refuge in the church. The 200 Christians that found refuge in the church were able to stay in the city but not allowed to go back to their home. So in matter of fact, they became refugees in their hometown. Growing after this war, not hearing from your parents what really happened, but listening, sensing the traumatic event of 48, you grew up in a mixed city of Jews from coming from different parts of the world, Palestinian, Christian, Muslims, going to Arab school, going to Christian school, and experiencing and feeling the enmity growing among our people. As an altar boy in the church of the Greek Orthodox Church, I was proud in my heritage, my Christian heritage, the Middle Eastern Christian heritage, proud of our history and ability to be in the land for centuries. But the events that happened in our land uh, caused me to be in major crisis. Finding myself in Jewish high school, learning about the history of the Jews in Europe, realizing that certain aspects of European Christianity have caused and allowed major pain on the Jewish people. I had to accept it. I had to deal with that. And I had to question 
my Christian faith, how it is that my religion has caused so much or allowed so much pain to other people. But also in the classroom, the teacher talked about the history of the land, that the land was empty. There were people without land and land without people, bringing up the Zionist narrative. And I challenged him. I said, I said to him, if you look from the classroom window, you will see next to Ben-Gurion Airport, the orange groves, the olive groves. Most of that land used to belong to my family. The houses are Palestinian houses, but the people live there are Jews. So not only my religious identity came into a challenge, also my ethnic identity. And as a young man, I developed what of anger, bitterness, and one thing I wanted to do, to finish as soon as possible high school and to fly to Australia because I thought that in Australia there's no Arabs, no Jews. So not realizing that I'm carrying the conflict inside of me. Toward the end of my high school, studying about King Herod's, and in the class, the question was, is King Herod, was King Herod good for the Jews or not good for the Jews? And I had enough of it. And provocally, I provoked my teacher in the classroom and I asked my teacher, why don't we talk about another king? He looked at me puzzled. And I said, King Jesus. And mentioning the name of Jesus, in Jewish high school, at that time, it was like earthquake and tsunami together. <laughs> I had major argument with my teacher. I lost the argument. And as my mother until today reminded me, since age four, I don't like to lose an argument. And Trevor and Lisa, can we be witness to that? I needed information. And I didn't know where to find it. And I found the information when my aunt came to visit my, my parents. She shared with me that at her, at her home there is a Bible study. A Bible study with a group of Jews and Palestinian Christian are studying with a Jewish man coming from Jerusalem. So I decided to go and check it out. I needed information in order to challenge my teacher. And sure enough, I received more than just information. I experienced Jesus, and this is a, in a mix of the conflict in this Bible study, asking the questions about the conflict and its impact upon our people. And how can we find solution in this Bible study of Arab, Palestinians, and Jews? I found the answer in the teaching and the life of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus were teaching us about the kingdom of God in the context of Roman occupation. Jesus teaching us about the hypocrisy of religious leaders in the temple, like many of our religious leaders in the Middle East. The gap between the rich and the poor, and talking about the change of life, liberating us from hatred, from bitterness, from anger, and bringing an aspect of transformation of society and throughout changing history. After my university training, I went to the state, and I was studying at seminary, coming back in order to teach both Israeli Jews and Palestinian at Bethlehem Bible College. I used to travel, 
And I found myself many times explaining to my Israeli Jewish students what Palestinians think. And they thought that I was radicalized politically. Then my Palestinian students asked me what the Israeli Jews think. And they thought that I'm a collaborator. So I decided, let's have a meeting between the both people. In the context of that meeting, I realized that reconciliation, it is the essence and the core of the gospel to transfer not only individual, but people group and society and history. But the challenge, how to do that? Because we failed again and again and again. But you see, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Paul talked and speaks to us what God did for us in Christ. And what God did for us in Christ, he reconciled us to himself. And the love of God compels us to do something special that Paul is calling us. To ministry of reconciliation. To have a message of reconciliation is declaration from the king of kings that by the ambassador of reconciliation, this message will go to the end of the world. God appealing to the world through us. We have the privilege that God choosing, choosing us to change the world. I can preach a lot about biblical principle of reconciliation, but you and I know in reality, it's very hard to do it. How you do it when two groups of people are dehumanizing each other? We are the good, they are the bad. How you bring reconciliation where our narrative and history, we are the, we are the victim and they are the one that started the war. How you deal with a situation where the political all the political system is working against bringing people together. And the solution we found in the early 90s by taking a small group of 15 Israeli and 15 Palestinian to the desert. We were desperate. We didn't know what to do. As you saw, Evan Thomas, he's a messianic pastor, and myself, we rented a few vans and we drove and we got lost in the desert. We ended up in big Bedouin tent, and we did what we do in the church. We praised God, we read from the scripture, we ate together, night time come, the Israeli went to sleep in one side, and the Palestinian went to sleep on the other side. Evan and myself, we slept in the middle, and he jokingly said, with one eye open, it was not working out. So what we are going to do? So we decided to bring 15 camels, on each camel, we put Israeli and Palestinian. And the next four days, we crossed the desert on camels. By the third day, they, become, they, become, they begin to listen to each other. Matter of fact, there is a person that spoke here yesterday. I remember very clearly one night, Michael, that, uh, he was spoke here, our Messianic Jewish brother. He asked the Palestinian brother, can you tell me my narrative, your narrative? And I was very concerned he, because the narrative of the Palestinians that they've been driven from their home and for 15 minutes he spoke, he told his story and it was quietness. People listen. And for us Middle Eastern to listen 15 minutes to other people, it's a miracle by itself. Then Mickey told his story about his family experience with the Holocaust and I knew we have 
a way, a key to bring a change into our society, to our people. You see, brothers and sisters, it's really reconciliation. It is what Jesus wanted to do on the cross when he broke the wall of enmity and partition, not distinctiveness, the enmity that we have between us and others. On the cross, not only did Jesus did that, reconciled us to God, to each other, Jesus formed a new community of people of faith from this all kind of background. And this community that will live according to the covenant of love that God has, and through that will change history. And history truly changed. Look, it came from Jerusalem until Bangor, is that not true? And so it can go from Bangor to other places too. We need to believe in it. I'll conclude with some important lessons. As the last 10 days, I'm here in Northern Ireland. And I'm looking, reflecting on the situation. What can we learn from the desert? Is the desert is a place where the prophets went. The desert is a place where Jesus went and been tempted with the powers of the world. If he's going to choose the way of the power of the world or the way of the cross that bring change. In the desert, you realize that hatred is like drinking glass of poison, anticipating your enemy to die. You die. We conquer Hatred with the love of God. We cannot do that by ourselves. Our heart has to be changed by the power of the Holy Spirit. But also, because our community went through trauma and history, the aspect of the forgiveness that we have in Christ has to be demonstrated in every aspect of our life. The quietness of the desert make us unable in, without letting go of the pain and the uh, Grudges and the desire of revenge toward others. Because if you don't forgive, it's like locking yourself in a jail, holding the key, complaining about it, looking to the past events and people that inflicted pain upon you, and fixed on the past like Lot wife after Sodom and Gomorrah. We need to be freed. We need to remember our history. Learn from the pain of the history. Honor our ancestors, but we need to live the, the present and for the future that God has for us. Without forgiveness, we're not able to do that. When our identity is grounded in Jesus, we're able to accept the others. And the others are our neighbors. And many times, our neighbors are our enemy. That's reality all around us. But the great news is that we can live and build with our neighbors a future, a narrative for our children, grandchildren. A narrative that don't talk only about wars and destruction. A narrative that talk about society that's been transformed by the love and the power of Jesus. Even if it's small community. A narrative where I open my identity, if I'm a Jew, not to have exclusive Jewish identity or exclusive state. The future of the Jewish people is not with Scandinavia. It's with them in the Middle East 
with the Palestinian Christian, with the Palestinian Muslims. And the future of the Palestinian also related when they extended their family and welcomed into their identity the Jewish people. Identity transformation is the key things to bring peace. Maybe it will happen here too. It is hopeful. We see great hope. I would like to conclude with something very, very important for me. In the Gospel of John chapter 17, when Jesus prayed for us, he said, May we all be one so the world will know that they came from the Father. The Muslim believe that Jesus is just a prophet. Prophet doesn't transform society and heart of people. Some Jews believe that Jesus was just good teacher, good rabbi. Teacher impart knowledge, doesn't transform people and society. We have in our days the possibility as conflict all around us increase, we have the possibility to be an agent for God in history. Thank you. We trust you've enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to make a donation to support the work of Bangor Worldwide, please visit www.worldwidemission.org slash donate.